Welcome to the Anxious in Austin podcast. I am yes. Dr. Marianne Stout, a psychologist here in Austin, Texas. And I am Dr. Thomas Smithyman. In various various <laughs> places at various times. Yes. Um, yeah. So today we are talking about resilience. Yeah, this is this is your one. So resilience, resiliency. So I remember I was like, I was trying to tell someone about it. I'm like, oh, it's about, like, oh, it's about uh, resilience or is it resiliency? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, so in the research world, they must use resilience. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. In that case, let's use resilience. Yeah. Um, and so this is some, an area I am such a novice in. I never really done any research in this. So this uh -huh. is not an area of expertise. This one is purely selfish um, because I'm going through a move yeah. in the uh, housing market in Austin, Texas in the year 2021, and it sucks and it's stressful. So <laughs> just think I was curious myself in, even if it is a very like problem of privilege, one that I chose, it still mm -hmm. sucks. So how? Yeah. Do, yeah. Know, well, I mean, things. Things that are stressful and suck are stressful and they suck regardless whether you choose them or not. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was just curious. I was like, I know this is something that, yes, people are, are born into, but also thing, something that people can cultivate. So I was just like, what? Ah, okay. Through. So, okay. So, so you were, you were realizing that moving is stressful and sucks and you're Which like. I need some resilience, yeah. Which, right, isn't there that list um, in like the 20s, the top stressors? I believe, I am making this up, but I believe yeah. moving is in the What's top. one of them? Yeah, it's it's in there. And was it from the 20s? I thought it was the 70s. The American Institute of Stress founded in Yonkers in 1978. Mm. Okay. Okay. Moving tops the list of most stressful life events. It is not. Moving. Mm -hmm. And obviously this does come up in our work with clients. We just don't maybe Definitely. tackle it from like a, looking at the research and resilience aspect. I mean, we've talked about this in general when we've discussed like the difference between stress and anxiety, um, all of those pieces of what actually helps. And yeah, a lot of the research is on resources Right, like having enough resources to combat the stress of whatever the adversity brings up. Um, Where's it? There's some different like operational definitions here. Succeeding of, of what resilience is. Succeeding despite incredibly difficult circumstances. Um, uh -huh. Positive adaptation despite adversity. Mm -hmm. Things like yeah. Things are hard and you still do well, basically. And there's like internal factors, um, individual factors, like a strong um, internal locus of control, right? This idea that like I have the power to change my circumstances. Um, okay. Okay. So, um, so internal locus of control. I have the power to, to basically do something about this right yeah which um, is interesting like thinking maybe not so much of like moving but 
thinking more like in the PTSD realm, right? Like there are some things where, you know, your life has been in danger or you've survived a, you know, a flood or a hurricane or mm-hmm. horrific, you know, act of war. And so there might be some things that feels like, how could any of this be something that I can control? You could definitely see how some of this would feel out of your control, but people have the sense of even amidst you know these huge events where I didn't have a lot of control like focusing on the areas where you can mm, okay change mm-hmm. um so so for, for you in the with the moving stress what what would an example of internal locus of control be like sure um so yeah there are definitely like things I cannot change right like cannot change how expensive things are in Austin I cannot change like what actually is on the market I can't change what I can afford right but focusing on the things that I can control some of it was you know we had to have some flexibility and we are shifting out of like central Austin to going out Mm. a little bit further right okay picking a realtor whom I trusted and whom I felt had like good experience even down to like the small things of um, which contractors you want to work on things want to have a house or when you're you know leaving your own house focusing on on those pieces too of right in selling your house on the Mm -hmm. here and now like okay these are the things we can focus on this week is like yeah getting our house painted or having somebody a Mm -hmm. handyman come over to work on some of these small details this week or um you know fixing some of these small pieces that might need to get fixed some of those pieces are like okay i can't have control over these huge aspects of it but there's some of these yeah. like small detail pieces that i definitely have some control over yeah and when and when you do focus on those little things and you you know that you can control and you do make some progress on those it really does make you feel more grounded right sure and i think that is such a huge thing just in so much of the work that we do too i've worked with clients with that too where they're experiencing really extreme distress or overwhelming anxiety and it feels like it's going to take such a huge step to change how i'm feeling and really get us to work on like let's let's take some doable steps to break it down to some manageable chunks Mm -hmm. interestingly enough can have some large effects yeah yeah even even like sometimes just yeah just having a plan just like noting oh there are things that can be done before you've even done them just like you know categorizing oh there are some things that i can i can do yeah and making sort of incremental progress yeah it does it, it makes you i felt this the system calms down a bit from that yeah well and a lot of this research came out of kids is where they would start looking at like especially like um disadvantaged kids or people with like lower ses um mm-hmm that they would see like, how come some of these kids really excel even having little resources, yeah. right? Like, like increasing your resources can help mitigate stress. But a lot of these kids didn't have, have a lot of resources, but some of the things they did find were a lot of these kids would have like the strong internal locus of control. Like I have, you know, the things that I can control, I'm going to put effort into. Um, yeah. Just like fascinating, you know? Um, and I think something that like is teachable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, teachable, concrete. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, also, some of the research looks at like some of these external factors and environmental factors, things like mentors, people who can offer mm -hmm. you support, right? Some of these things that might not might not be necessarily internal, but like what are some mm -hmm. outside ways that you can have some help and support? Through yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I assume that we would talk about this because I mean, like, uh, I'm sure I'm somewhat biased, but I believe that the, the, like the single biggest factor in handling just, I mean, distress in general is, is having social support. Oh, yes. Is this after yeah. all previous podcasts on the importance? Of <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's off my lifespan of <laughs> doing things and reading things and whatnot. But like, that's, that's my understanding, right? Is that when we, you know, our periods of greatest distress tend to be around potential judgment or like, you know, ostracism or anything, you know, if, if, if you measure it, but the, the greatest impact that we can make on, on sort of pain, you know, in, in whatever way, distress in whatever way is through um, our relationships with supportive people. So, I, I, like, I know there's sort of a, it's like a famous study where they would, like, make people, I forget the details since I didn't brush off on it for this particular um, podcast, but where people like suffering and if they bring a loved one in just to hold their hand, just to simply be there, the ratings of, of like, distress go down a lot. So, like, ha just having somebody there even just thinking of people that you're like connected with and care about you, like being primed brings stress down. Um, so like that, that support, the support from just like, yeah, like close connections, people that, that care about you, whether or not like this, that's just simply having them being there, bringing up those, that sense of belonging yeah. is really powerful. And that's like not even, instrumental coping right like that's not even like where they're doing something to well let's solve this i'll do this for you i'll help you with that mm. just like having someone where you can like express to show this is what i'm experiencing and then this person that's connected to you like listens and accepts it and accepts you that just lowers our distress i mean it's, it's a it's a solid percentage of what makes therapy useful totally yeah having yeah. just non-judgmental supportive person in your corner mm -hmm. yeah so so i mean i i feel like that that part that you know definitely instrumentally having people who, who can help you or give you advice or whatever is great too and just like straight up social support is really beneficial for distress and resilience totally yeah i'm thinking of like all these things just in like the work that we do then in depression right a lot mm -hmm. of what we're at is um, those pieces of right. I always check in with some of the basic pieces of yeah. What's your your how's your eating, sleeping, exercise, hydration, and and supportive people, right? Like that. That's all in that like really basic level of like self care work um, for sure. And even like in some of the you know all the self compassion research, the first piece of it is that common humanity of right that you are not alone. Like the piece of mm -hmm struggle in your struggle maybe the the specifics of it are are unique to you but the yeah. idea of struggle is what connects you to all other 
humans, because to be human is to yeah. suffer, right? Oh. So this thing mm -hmm. that makes you isolated is actually the thing that really connects you to everyone. Yes, just how yeah. it is yeah. so, species. Yeah, yeah. So it's that idea of being connected. And it's, it's funny, right? Like the, you bring up the self-compassion too, which like one way to frame self-compassion is that it's getting social support from yourself, right? Because like in, in sort of the research on like uh, how we talk to ourselves, like our internal dialogue, um, is that we respond as though the same way that we would if somebody was externally saying these things to us. So if we shout at ourselves and shame ourselves, we respond as if there's someone there who's shouting and shaming us. Flip side of that, if we are supportive and kind to ourselves when we're stressed out and struggling, we, res we respond internally as if there's a person there who's being supportive and being kind to us and warm to us. And I yeah. don't know as much when it comes to some of that like attachment research, but I've always learned that like it's the same sort of thing of that scaffolding piece of, you know, what when you are very little, what your parents say to you, the voice and the words that they're saying to you is what you're learning to, yeah, then say. That is, that is very true. Yeah, one question I often ask people when, when they identify the self-critical part of themselves, the sort of attacks and is negative, and a lot of times the anxiety is built up into fear of that part of them. Um, I, I often will ask, whose voice is it? Like, who, who does it sound like, the tone of that voice? That's oftentimes one of the parents. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, which makes sense, right, then, with some of these external factors of you know, mentors, mentors and um, yeah. people in your life would be a helpful resource or a way to, right, help towards this resilience piece, help you to adapt and bounce back, which is hard. I think sometimes it can be difficult to you know, some of this is out of your control, right? Like sometimes yeah. you can't have a mentor. Sometimes you, you know, totally, yeah, have full control over. But there are, I think that is also a skill too to work on. I mean, right? Finding a therapist is often yeah, and and I mean, developing developing supportive relationships it can be it can be a big big challenge and a big piece that's missing. Mm -hmm. And then some of the distress comes like how much comes from not having that stuff already built in definitely well and to bring it back to my kind of silly example but yeah even of having like a realtor whom I trusted and felt like okay to ask dumb questions to and felt like was very competent and understood yeah. what they were doing. and it was helpful too to like talk with other you know friends and family members who have gone through big moves or been or yeah, in, it, right. in a similar mm -hmm. situation or have been through it too of recognizing like yeah this sucks oh yeah this is what we did or this is how what we experienced or this is how i mm -hmm. felt some of the tools and resources we used right like that piece of feeling like oh i am not the first person ever to navigate this you know yes yes other people have done it and survived it's yeah and they, they can commiserate with the difficulty and and the fact you get through it yeah sure yeah so i think those pieces too yeah mm -hmm. and, helpful in this um and even thinking of like this is not quite the same thing since it's more individual or internal but how you have gotten through difficult 
times in the past. I mean, that's oh, one. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Anxiety, right? And talking about mm-hmm. those cognitive factors and, okay, let's say that came true. Let's say this fear came true. How would you cope? How have you coped in the past in similar situations? What helped you get through that? Yourself almost as a mentor? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I had, because, right, like our brains sort of forget or don't believe that, you know, we haven't felt exactly this way forever and we'll always feel this way forever, right? That like, oh, wait, I felt this way before and it changed. I felt this way before and, you know, it didn't last forever. Yeah. There were things that I did that helped me to get through it. We sort of need some like reminders of put yourself back there. How'd you get through? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and, and uh, sort of self mentoring, right? Like asking yourself those questions. Because yeah, you, you you have done it before. Yes, which is funny though because I have moved many times before. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, the specifics and circumstances were different, but um, yeah, you forget like oh yeah. There were parts of this that were I have been through before and have done before and mm-hmm. forget about it and it gets easier. For sure. I've experienced, yeah, adversity before and gotten through it before and it got easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that part of you is in there somewhere and you're trying to access it, right? Because the, the part of you that's freaking out, it's not the part that's like, oh, I've done this before. It's the part that's like, oh, my God, this sucks. This is terrible. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And which, right, might be, like I said, like the specifics of it could be different. Because if you're thinking about like PTSD or like, you know, what we call sometimes in, as therapists, like big T, capital T trauma, like where you were worried for your safety um, or your life, like it might be, okay, I haven't maybe been through this specific thing before, but I have been through difficult times before and gotten through it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and instrumentally, like what what worked? How did I cope? What can I? Yeah, what did I learn from that? Can I apply that here? Sure. Yeah. yeah some of the beauties of of getting older. Um, uh-huh. uh, was some of the other research that looked at was uh, working on increasing resources in in light of increased stressors. Some of the things. What that does we- that mean? What what does that mean for like resources in, in, in this context? Does that, that mean a bunch of money? No, I don't think so. What, what does it mean? Yeah. I mean, just like what we were talking about, like with the self-care piece, food, sleep, hydration, exercise, supportive people, you know, all of those things that help you. Your ba- I always talk about those as like all the work that we do in CBT and in therapy is helpful, but you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck on making sure that you write like get a decent night's sleep most nights of the week, right? Like your nutrition, you're eating like quality food, you're staying hydrated, you're getting regular exercise. You're not having too many stimulants. Yes. Too much alcohol. Exactly. You're spending time with like supportive people. Those those kind of nerdy adulting things that are super boring. I mean, I I think of it as being like uh like self self parenting, right? Things you're like, okay, the the uh, kind of pe- be a parent of myself. What does what does the self need right now? Well, it, it needs all these physiological like basics to be taken care of. And when we're stressing out, the stressed out part of us so it's not thinking about that stuff. Yeah, well, it's like that that Maslow's hierarchy of need, right? Like those are the things that take up the biggest the base of the triangle there. Because if yes, if you haven't 
slept in a week, who cares, right? Like everything is going to feel yeah. that much more difficult. Like I would not even try to work on some exposure with someone or right. Like I would not yeah. even attempt that, you know, let's work mm -hmm. on little, like basic pieces first and foremost, because you're going to just, yeah. it will, it will matter more. It will pay off more. Yeah. And I, I think that's stuff, you know, it, it might sound to some people like kind of, I don't know, light or obvious to talk about this stuff, but like there's many, many, many people are just not thinking about this, this stuff. They're just not thinking about the physiological basics and what a big impact it makes if those are off. And these really are like, take care of these things. Yeah. Totally. Even when you think about like bipolar disorder, right? Like the number one thing that they have you work on is regulating your sleep, right? That's not a medication. <laughs> That's not something a pharmaceutical company does, right? That is like your, your a behavior, right? A, a basic need. If you can keep that on a consistent basis, right? That's like the number one intervention. Um, so yeah, uh, I think we've talked about this, not to like go into so much pandemic stuff, but yeah. I think it's come up so much with the pandemic too, right? Like that people would see oh, my sleep got totally dysregulated now that I don't have yeah. to like be at the office at 8 a.m. every morning, right? And mm -hmm. how much that has contributed to me feeling depressed or feeling overwhelmed or, you know, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. That's true. And, and, and also like if your threat system gets activated, right? And you're feeling like anxious and stressed out, um, your appetite drops. You don't feel like going to sleep. You, you're you're on alert, right? So we actually stop doing a lot of the basic self-care things. So we kind of have to do that parenting of ourselves and intervene and be like, oh, it doesn't naturally occur to me to do these things. Sure. I have to do it purposefully. Sure. Or it might not even not naturally occur. It might feel, you know, if I'm feeling nauseous, if I'm feeling so anxious, mm -hmm. like it might be uncomfortable at first to work on regulating my eating, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so. That might be something you're like actively working toward to get back to homeostasis. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to say something else about that. I totally forgot. Boring parenting. Nerdy. Yeah. But uh, yeah. If it's, if it's important, it'll pop up interrupting some other thought later on. Um. But, oh, it was just more on the, the piece of, right, like with the pandemic piece of that is so much, um and so much of it that we don't always have, it's not always like this internal locus of control, which can be difficult, right? A lot of these things happen to us externally, right? Like you are expected to whatever, eat with your family for dinner every day at the same time. or And so when some of these things get disrupted through some kind of trauma or stressor, right? Yeah. It, throws a lot of those basic pieces off, which creates more disruption. And, yeah. and so that's one you, of the- you, You're not used to having to think about it. Yeah, yes, this yeah. thing that used to be kind of an autopilot or very unconscious yeah. now yeah. has to take some like conscious thought and effort. Yes. Um, so yes, I don't know if personally- I, those are I was gonna say, how are you doing on you, taking care of your physical, physiological needs as a parent to yourself. Yeah, those are pretty good. I think mm -hmm. that those, yeah, I'm great at the nerdiness thing. I always say I have um, some friends and family members who tend more towards the 
dramatic and eccentric. And sometimes I feel like when I'm having conversations with them, they're saying like some big dramatic story. And my contribution is always like, well, I took my fiber pill this morning and then I <laughs> didn't. That's what's going on here. One of my nightly oh, walks. Good. So, so you yeah, exercise. Let, let's not forget exercise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that I feel like those, and maybe also because I am a parent, and as we know mm. as therapists, like when you're having to tell someone to do all of these things all the time, it's not fun to be a hypocrite. And so when we are telling clients right to mm-hmm. you know lean into anxiety all these things it, it's really not fun when we don't do those things ourselves so oh, since wow. i am a parent kind of gotta yeah gotta practice what you preach because nothing goes over worse than do as i say not as i do <laughs> yes. so i think yeah. those, those are so you're, yeah. you're pretty good at that yeah i mean I, i'll notice those a lot i'll get pretty good with them for a while and then i'll, I'll drift and then i have to intervene again they'll, they'll yeah. drift well i could say because you are someone who travels a lot and um you work primarily from home and right like you have to have a lot more of the like self-discipline yeah maybe we could do like a whole podcast on that sometime because i feel like we as humans are not built to do that all just by internal motivation for lo- the long term, right? Like we're great at it in the short term, in burst, right? But we can't, we're not great at being like, I'm gonna get up at 6 a.m. every day for the rest of my life when there's no external force pushing that on you. Yeah. Um, which I, th- I think just comes about, I mean, this is my own speculation, like evolutionarily, why would you need to, right? Because there's always these external forces pushing mm-hmm. things on you, so you don't have to be really great at long-term internal motivation um that's my yeah i mean also i I know that the evidence points towards humans not not doing just a routine monotonous thing forever they they tended to have these waves like like it would be a big escalation and stuff and then we'd settle down for a while biggest you know more in line with like the academic calendar so you're saying early man was a university freshman i mean essentially yeah like getting into a routine and then ramping up for uh midterms and then uh, too, too much stuff and then like calming back down again and recovering nomad we live here i understand here yeah stay here. for a while then move somewhere and then go through that stressful process of moving and then settle down and calm down and then ah, i'm gonna move again i'm gonna get bored mm-hmm. so yeah. i think i think i think humans are i think we sort of made for these waves this stuff can be a little too it's the same thing forever we get it can be a little too much sure i can see that yeah but we also need something then to rein us in right when it is time to kind of get back on track and i think mm-hmm. yeah we yeah we got to do this thing again yeah i think that can be a hard thing to do just out of sheer like willpower oh yeah yeah Willpower is drastically overrated. It's like, <laughs> just, just don't have much of it. It doesn't work very well. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other. Oh, then so much in my, again, very limited research on resilience yeah. is um, meaning making, right? They, meaning they, making. Wonderful. Like, yes. Yes. That often people. This sounds like psychology. Yes. Often people. All drinking water. Uh-huh. Religion. Yeah. 
a religious background tend to be on the whole more resilient because there is like meaning making right there is god's plan or there is a purpose to this um or like you know i i don't so some, I, some sort of spiritual position yeah. on things yeah, yeah that allow you to understand it and make sense of exactly. it exactly i don't have to know it but there is this mm -hmm. is for a reason kind of thing so that that um yeah. really to some of the the getting back to stability or you know that resilience piece yeah which um which is so interesting and so uh some of the in looking at like an APA article on this, some of the ways they talk about like meaning making, even if you're not um, like finding purpose, even if you're not religious, things like helping others. That is yeah. a big thing, right? Using, finding a purpose then for yourself. Um, and that's where I think like a lot of people who go through, you know, um, I'm blanking on what they're called, uh, therapists for LCDC license, chemical dependency counselors, Oh, that just came. I don't know. Yeah, okay. yeah. um, there are people who have struggled with substance abuse and dependence themselves, right? This idea of like, I went through some kind of tragedy or difficulty. And so the meaning making the purpose is I'm going to help others who have been through a really yeah. difficult mm -hmm. time too. I mean, I am not personally going to become a realtor or anything to do with the housing industry. But, <laughs> but, but next time someone comes to you who is very stressed out because of the, the moving process, which I, I want to mention too, a significant portion of people I work with in the last year have been working on the immense amounts of stress and anxiety that comes with moving or trying to move or trying to buy something or trying to sell something. That is, it is, it, it is, a common thing especially in, in austin I yes think. in austin it is yeah i i definitely work on the thing right as the therapists do of like self-disclosure is helpful is good Great. if it's helpful to the client if it's just you know for my own benefit self-disclosure is not necessary but i definitely have having that that conversation yeah. had in many sessions of like wait a minute i want to talk about moving because it's going to be helpful for them because i'm wanting to process my own difficulty here mm -hmm. yeah has come up in many 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 sessions of like even that like i would like to move but this is such a you know nutty market that yeah. it's, i'm not able to to move and yeah. and and change my circumstances sure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah but, but 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 so the but the again i brought that up just because uh you know there's some level of meaning like, oh yeah you, you can you can understand and share this with people and then you can be gives you more empathy for what people are going through but probably not the meaning that you would necessarily be making but definitely from trauma it can you know, yeah trauma and struggles you can find the like what is the meaning in what i went through what is the meaning in this stressor what's it i guess what direction is it pointing me in you know because that i mean you do hear people a lot and I, I certainly say this as well a lot of times the worst the worst things you go through are the best things. Sure, like the gift of struggle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and the the worst the worst experiences oftentimes are pushing you, like alerting you to things that are wrong in your life that that you need to be pushed in a different direction. That happens like a lot. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That growth. And, and that's mini making. Yeah. Definitely. Well, and even thinking about like. Um, 
right, so much what's kind of in the news and people talk about of it's no longer helicopter parents, it's lawnmower parents, right, who are removing what? any struggles, <laughs> never heard, like are trying never to this, yeah. clear a path for their children, remove any struggles from their path and how detrimental mm. that is for kids mm. because yeah, there is so much growth and strength that comes from surviving struggle, right? Just figuring Fine, it out. Yeah. I mean, it's what we've talked about too in the like self-efficacy um, and empowerment and self-esteem research too, right? Like it sucks going through something hard, but learning that you can cope in going mm -hmm. through something hard um, really makes you feel so much more powerful and strong and confident, right? Even we talk about this all the time with exposure too, right? Like yeah. that that's a piece that's not talked about enough in the research. Right, yeah. How empowering it is that like I was courageous. This thing that was scary, I was able to take steps towards it and face it. Um, and so, yeah, I think that can definitely be a big meaning making piece too. Like this really sucked. It was really awful, but I'm not this you know win or beat me or take you know my life away from me i'm going to kind yeah. of stand back up and and be stronger mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i mean i i, I also like uh, i think sort of personally uh like the and this is, you know gets into you know meaning making you know religions don't own meaning making you know there's there's spiritual stuff, there's philosophical things, there's like personal, like just exploration that, you know, that can help people, you know, that's part of like making sense of the world and what matters. Um, but uh, personally, like not having, like not having a necessarily fixed outcome in mind that must occur, must get to this place, this must, you know, the things must go according to my plan for the future, but instead being like more, I guess, curious and open about where things will end up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, not, not, ins not, 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 uh, insisting on it, on the must, not, uh, mm -hmm. as Albert Ellis would call it, masturbating, not masturbating, just allowing, um, allowing things to be how they are. Sure. And, and go, where they will go. Yeah. Ah, so much in that like acceptance and commitment therapy, right? The whole thing is like flexibility Never heard of it. equals <laughs> equals uh, um, psychological health. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's in this APA yeah. article. The four components of resilience were connection. Uh, we talk about like, the mm -hmm. people. Talk about that, yeah. Wellness, and that's a lot of that like self care piece. Yeah. Meaning making, and then healthy thinking, right? Ways to be able to. Uh -huh. Yeah, have some flexibility of thought, um, not get so mired down in yeah all the negatives of it. A lot of like the basic mm -hmm. cognitive structuring work we do. In yeah, and yeah, not not being too negatively biased in uh, in processing. Sure. But like just focusing on the negatives, but also focusing on the positives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that like balanced thought, which is you know what we're working on in a lot of that attention training. Mm -hmm. Um. Yes, um, this is one that I, this is probably my, I, I'm okay with the, the self-care piece. This is one I struggle with the most is the, the shoulds and rigidity. I, ah. I hate change. I'm very yeah. much a this is how it should go and how, it mm -hmm. must be how I expect it to turn out. And therefore it's frustrating when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that like flexibility of thought. Yeah. Not my not my forte. Something I, I mm. work. Yeah, good. Well, hey, we 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 are all we're all working on our our things in the process. So yeah, you will you will discover that you can be more flexible by well, going through this, right? Every year for um, New Year's, for the past like five years, my New Year's resolution is to yeah. uh, be more flexible, except for 2021. I was like, done. <laughs> <laughs> what was this year's one? Um, uh, I have no idea. I couldn't, it was not flexibility though. It's like I'm, yeah. 2020 pushed You're me. You're being a little more flexible in your setting of goals. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You weren't rigidly sticking to the same one. I haven't got. Yeah. Was actually like just have more fun, to be honest. Have more fun. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. Yes. But yes, I felt like after, as the whole world after 2020, having to pivot wow. all the time. Like, I'm pretty good. Got lots of lots of practice with that one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, accepting a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine you that that is an area that flexibility piece is not not your struggle it's it is not no i'm i'm, I'm okay with yeah shifting mm-hmm. that more flexibility of thought yeah it's my my struggles more in adhd areas of doing no <laughs> doing those things yeah 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 um, oh, and then so the other current research, because they used mm-hmm. to look at this, like I said, originally, like in kids. Um, yeah. Then it is shifted to go from like focusing on the individual, then to family, then to community, and now like cultural pieces, right? Which kind of, you know, taking into account like discrimination, you know, like cultural traumas um, and historical traumas, um, how people are resilient even in the face of, right, like systematic racism and um, all the research on that, which still goes to the same, you know, some of those same basic things of looking for meaning making, right, having um, some internal locus of control, even despite this, what can I do? Um, yeah. You know, working connection like, with others. Connection yeah. with others, increasing resources, right? I think those, those pieces like play into, you know, kind of the very focused, situational trauma, you know, all the way to, yeah, some of these like bigger cultural factors too, which is, you know, pretty, pretty fascinating stuff. So yeah, I thought it was helpful personally. Um, And I think that there, that is one area that I don't do a ton of work on clinically is that meaning making. I think these other pieces we work on pretty well. I don't think that there's as much meaning making. It's interesting. Could you see yourself doing more meaning making with people? Yeah. Some more than others. Mm -hmm. But but you'd be okay doing like thinking about that more. Yeah. Bringing that up more. Yeah. Yeah. I think I am just not a very religious or spiritual person so you know I think sometimes that's I struggle a bit if people that is a strong area of of meaning making that I just don't have as much like background 
mm-hmm. with it. So I don't always know like, the language to use and totally. so. Well, you know, I, I, it's funny because I, yeah, I guess like I, I don't think of it in like a religious context. Like maybe that's what comes up in like, like, like for you or in the research. But I mean, I think we're, we're like doing meaning making all the time. Right. So it's either like kind of we're like it's happening in the background and we're not thinking about yeah, how, how we're making meaning of it. You know, like it's either, it's either happening like, uh, you know, overtly or it's happening like covertly so uh, yeah you know i, I think like you know, there's there's many making like maybe yeah like like religions will give you a framework to make meaning of it but yeah people are making meaning somehow sure sure i just yeah. don't think it's something i explicitly talk about in my work with clients much do you um I mean, maybe not with that intention of like, oh, this is, this is, it's important for us to do some meaning making, but I mean, I guess like increasingly so over time, like to understand like how it's being, like how anything is being uh, like processed, you know, it, it's kind of like the, 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 like part of cognitive stuff. Like, you know, how am I, how am I understanding what's happening? Like, like sure. what, are, what are my, what are my thoughts? But then like, you know, how, how am I, you know, like, why am I thinking about it this way? The, like, metacognitive work. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. That's sort of, like, larger frame kind of cognitive things. And, yeah, and, and like, we're, we're primed to make meaning in certain, direct, you know, we tend to, like, have biases in how we make sense of things. And, you know, yeah, and, like, you know, oftentimes we, on a good day, we make meaning in one direction bad day we make meaning in a different direction sure um but helping to kind of clarify those and i think like cognitively too like i'm a lot of times looking for i mean i guess there's a question of like where does it go from meaning making to just straight up cognitive therapy i mean i guess it's true i do work a lot on like values right like we talked yeah, about that values of meaning making sure. yeah yeah, of like, why should you do this hard work? Like, this is a lot of effort, right, to change your relationship with anxiety. Why? Yeah. Like, what's the point? Is this because I think of that as like the difference between yeah. value-driven and therapy and torture, right, and exposure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we don't need to do, yeah, exposure to just anything. Like, let's do it to help you live a more value-driven life. So, I guess in that way. I think yeah. I mean, that's. That's, and that's, I mean, I, I do feel like we, we are, we are in, we're in, uh, there's an in word here that um, my brain wants to use. <laughs> Again, we are inserting, I guess, um, a, like some, some ways of making meaning that we are trying to like convert people to seeing, sure. to making meaning in the way that we do. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you know, like moving away from, uh, yes things that makes us afraid is going to make us more afraid over time. Moving towards it is like, it feels painful, but you know that you're doing a good thing. You're Mm -hmm. winning, you're winning here, you're scoring points. So we have all these meaning making like on our level. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could see that. Yeah. I guess I was thinking more of like a cultural meaning making or, you know, such, but yes, I guess individually. Yeah. I work on, values all the time yeah that's sort of the yeah. like sneaky way mm-hmm. we get in there to convince yeah 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 yeah. yeah yeah i've uh you know 
I have uh, I see I see pros and cons to to uh, to acceptance of commitment therapy. The values part to me is like that's that's the that's the real the real winner that they brought to to the forefront. Uh, and the bad part is what? I mean, all, all the weird like octagons with a bunch of weird names that it's just a bunch of strange sure, sure, stuff sure. that there's no way you can try to no. tell someone about it. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, I barely know what I'm talking about. The values though, that is valuable, pun sure. intended. Sure, yeah. sure. No, I agree. I mean, I do the same thing with CBT, right? There's definitely some stuff that I'm like, okay, you know, do we really need to like spend forever on cognitive restructuring stuff? Like a lot of this stuff is just going to turn into worry or, you know, you do that naturally. Anytime you like say this anxious mm -hmm. thought aloud, you're automatically telling me why that's not true. And yeah, well, you already know it's not accurate. Mm -hmm. You just so, can't stop thinking it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um. So. One of my yeah, final sure. thoughts, though, is um, how did you pick that um, beautiful wall art? Uh, I it, it it was here when I got here. I figured it much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> people notice it, I, I guess, because you you know you used to my my background being a white wall with a stain, so. <laughs> Having actual art, <laughs> I think, makes a makes a pretty significant difference. And that's not art I would ever pick you to have. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. yeah, maybe some like Disney montage mural. Yes, I I, I have the the art that I have that I own is uh, one is a postcard from New Zealand. One is uh, a uh, picture of Luca in Italy and oh, I could see that as yeah. a jam as a movie you right see now that right yeah and my third one oh, I, I mean Luca the city not not Luca the Pixar oh got it okay Luca two C's um and the third one is uh NBA jam let's say someone made a 3D NBA jam piece of art I'll I'll uh I'll show you next time <laughs> I just remember so, Trying to help you hang like an old Disney. Oh, it was a great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, this wonderful. Uh, Different than a woman walking a pig and a kite. It's uh, a blip, blip, it's two dogs. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, a, pig, <laughs> a pig and a kite, yeah, okay. Well, um, Rorschach. Okay. Well, um, yes. yeah, I, it is. It's kind of raw shocky. That's true. Look at that. We're right at like the 50 minute mark. I mean, I know how we work. We've done this so many thousands of times that we we naturally know when time is up. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. So, any any final things you want to be saying? Uh, either on this or our roundup of stuff that I always forget what we're supposed to say about. Clicking the thumbs up buttons or whatever. I mean, I feel like anyone who listens to this podcast is more technologically and social media savvy than we are. So mm -hmm. they, they know what to do. They know better than us. Okay. Help us in whatever way you Thanks feel like. Thanks for your help. Thanks for your listen. Let yeah. us know if you have any feedback. 
Um, yeah, or suggestions of topics. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to maybe try to do this more often. We had, the, <laughs> we, we had summer hours for a while. So. <laughs> that yeah. um, well, thanks for listening. Okay. And yeah. uh, questions, Marianne at anxietyaustin.com or Thomas doctor at, at thomasmithman.com. So Dr. Thomas, this is just an, this is an at symbol in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks and okay. Yeah. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Okay. Bye.